Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table. This is a radio show and podcast created to spotlight the people of our region who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She comes from Madisonville, Tennessee, and uh, she's gotten quite popular. Today, we're setting the table with the theme of walnuts with our two guests, Chef David Rule, who is soon to be opening the Walnut Kitchen in Maryville, Tennessee, plus a story and recipe from Mary Constantine about a Union County, Tennessee native named Shirley McMurtry and her black walnut candy recipe. We are so happy that you've decided to tune in today on your radio or your smartphone or whatever high-tech device of your choosing. I'm proud to have your good company. Now let's get started. Our first guest is Miraville, Tennessee native David Rule. He's opening a restaurant in July called The Walnut Kitchen in the old location of the former grocery store called The Market. That's on 321, sort of close to Miraville College. David is a hometown born and raised man, and this is good news for farmers, meat producers, and diners that he's putting this restaurant into Blount County. Now let's join David now. We're sitting here talking with David Rule, and good to see you, David. Good to see you. I'm so excited. You've got a new restaurant here in Maryville, but We'll get into the particulars of that restaurant, but I really want people to know more about you and where were you born and raised and where'd you grow up and all that? So I am a Maryville native. I was born in in Maryville at Blunt Memorial Hospital and I've lived here my whole life. Um, I'm actually a fourth generation Maryvillian. My mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family all are from uh, primarily Maryville, Alcoa, Blount County, definitely within East Tennessee. I started cooking at, at the age of 15 at 411 Restaurant, working for David Talley down there, and I just kind of fell in love with it from there. It's all kind of culminated now to, uh, to, to opening this restaurant in Maryville, and we're, we're really excited about it. I'm so excited for you. Now, I got to knowing you a long time ago, maybe about 10 years uh-huh. ago, when the um, I worked up in the garden at Blackberry and yeah. I come bring things to the kitchen and I'm really embarrassed because I know I carried on 
and uh, was loud and <laughs> joking nah. a lot and all. But um, I'm just so happy how things like this turn around, and here you are and starting your own thing. And yeah, comes full circle, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Now, what all did you do up at Blackberry? Well, I had two periods of employment at Blackberry. Um, the first from like 2007 to 2009 as a cook. I was a, a breakfast cook. Uh, that's when that's when I think we were working together briefly up there. I did that for several years and I, I left. I went and worked for Aubrey's Restaurant Group as a, a manager and director with them. Helped them open up some of their new locations, did some, some menu development, things of that nature. Also worked in their fine dining establishment, which was Beecher by the Tracks. And then I ultimately left there to, to take a job at, at Dancing Bear Lodge, which I was the executive chef there for all of about six weeks, and it, it burned down. Uh, that was about well, four years ago now mm-hmm. uh, that, that Dancing Bear burned down, and I, I got the job as, as the butcher back at Blackberry. And I spent about three and a half years in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty awesome. I learned a lot in my experience while I was there and met a lot of great people, um, worked with a lot of great people, traveled a ton. It's a really awesome place. You're always sitting there when I'd see you with some big old hog head or some big <laughs> hog cheek that you'd yeah. cured and doing all these these cured meats and things so yeah you really you really uh did a great job up yeah. there David. yeah you know that was something that i didn't really have huge amount of expertise in when i when i took that job i had you know kind of a base knowledge of of that stuff but sam at the time gave me the opportunity to to learn i'll never forget sitting in his office and you know i told him like i i appreciate this opportunity but i was i was fearful of the amount of experience that I had on the subject, especially, you know, doing it at such a high level at a place like Blackberry. I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, it's all right, Dave. Not a whole lot of people know how to do these old world style cured meats. And he gave me the opportunity to learn. And I'm forever grateful for that because it's, it's now a, a big part of who I am and what I do as, as a chef, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with a big focus on the proteins and but in my time there I, I did really get to a point where I missed vegetables I completely uh, miss cooking with vegetables and getting into this new restaurant I'm excited to get back more to that balance of, of you know doing a little bit of everything rather than just uh, concentrating on meat you know yes yeah absolutely well I'm so excited well Okay, so that's a little bit about David, where you come from, all that, and uh, we're going to take us a break, and when we come back, let's hear all about this new restaurant going in. Absolutely. All right. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time. 
Well, we're sitting here talking with David Rule, and he's just about to open this brand new restaurant in Maryville, Tennessee. And uh, David, what is the name of the place? The name of the restaurant is the Walnut Kitchen. The name of the Walnut Kitchen kind of comes from, it really kind of came to me organically, you know, I, I, I like the word kitchen because I think it just easily uh, translates, you know, what this place is. It's a, uh, it's a restaurant. Our kitchen kind of sits center stage in the restaurant, but as we started talking about the decor of the restaurant and, and how we were going to decorate, I uh, started having these conversations about black walnut trees and primarily the, the beautiful wood that, that black walnuts have. You know, it's a, it's a native tree. Uh, it's a beautiful tree and, you know, it's got kind of the food reference because black walnuts are delicious. I have some friends that have been extracting the sap from the black walnut trees and you know making syrups they did some of that up at blackberry and uh, even going as far as making some liqueurs and some whiskeys out of them i don't know it just it was just something that kind of surrounded me the black walnut trees and i fell in love with it so what we've done i, I was given the opportunity to uh to cut down several black walnut trees at at some of the farms that are actually going to be helping us provide meat and produce in in the restaurants outside of that um we we've cut down these trees and we've had them milled and we're starting to use them in in the decor some of our farmers as well have have given us the opportunity to utilize some of their old their old buildings for decor so we've got some awesome you know real uh weathered barn wood uh we've got a lot of rusty tin we've got some old tractor grills you know so it'll kind of uh, what I'm trying to do is really just trying to bring a, a piece of the farm into the restaurant outside of just the food, which will yeah. will, will definitely be closely tied. But So our, our tabletops, uh, our bar, our bar front and bar back completely built out of this walnut, the rusty tin in the back on the ceiling, and got it kind of scattered all the way through the, through the restaurant. Sounds neat. Yeah. When people are thinking about what should they wear, that kind of thing, what, is it going to be fine dining or a casual thing or no you know i think we kind of we kind of hope to to really draw that line in between the two i think more and more you know especially in a lot of the dining that you see in the in the bigger cities or you even see it start to happen in in knoxville as well as you can get a uh, what some would consider a fine dining experience in a very approachable atmosphere mm-hmm. um and that's what that's what we like to capture as well, you know. Mm-hmm. There are some things about fine dining restaurants, the steps that they take that don't necessarily cost them a lot of money and in turn doesn't cost the customer a lot of money. Whether it just be from kind of some refined culinary techniques or some refined service techniques, it doesn't have to translate into a, a high price point for the diner necessarily. So those are all the things that we hope to, to capitalize on. With that being said, we, we will have a, a large selection of hand-cut big steaks that'll give it some uh, a little bit of that steakhouse feel as well, but we want people to come in there in their, in their blue jeans and t-shirts and, and enjoy themselves. That's nice and not have to feel like they have to do suit and tie. 
if they're even just driving by and go, oh yeah, there's that new place, yeah, exactly. just pull on in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I want to do is be strictly somebody's special special occasion place. We want you to yeah. feel like you can come down to our restaurant any night of the week. And you're so welcoming and friendly. I can't imagine you making someplace stuffy anyhow. <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> We're not gonna like try that. not to. And you know, like I said, with the with the with the ties in from the farm, another big part of the restaurant itself, outside of the food, is we're gonna have a an opportunity for a, a little retail butcher shop in there as well. Oh, cool! So we're gonna offer both in raw form, cooked form, and cured form uh, a lot of great local proteins. You'll be able to get meats that that we use daily in the restaurant, packaged up and taken home for uh, for you to cook at home and enjoy at home. We're gonna have kind of an easy access entrance uh, through the through the back door. They'll bring you in right to the to the meat case. And I have this uh, this awesome guy. His name's his name's Ashley Gaylor. That's gonna be kind of heading that up. Ashley was. Uh, was an employee and, and meat cutter at Butler and Bailey there in Knoxville for I think over 15 years. I mean, he was there for a long time. Uh, and the last couple of years he spent with uh, Southern Natural Farms uh, in Lexington, Tennessee. Ashley, you know, I, I learned a lot while I was the butcher at Blackberry about, you know, the anatomy of, of animals, both pork and cow, all the way down to, you know, seafood and poultry and everything else. but. Ashley is someone that can, he can take down a cow quicker than I can take down a pig. Um, he is highly experienced uh, in what he's doing. And as we join forces at that, at that butcher counter, uh, should be something really special, something that you can, you can purchase year round. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely plan on um, using as many local purveyors as possible. I have a lot of relationships from uh, my time as a chef at Blackberry, at, at Dancing Bear, at Aubrey's. And I've, I've been kind of renewing some of those relationships with the people at the farmer's market since, since they've been going on this year. That's a, that's a huge part. That's kind of a fundamental part of, of what we want to do. Well, now, um, you just don't do all this alone. You don't open a restaurant alone. so. Who are the people behind you really supporting you? Well, I think the the biggest people behind me are my family. Yes. Um, and I don't mean financially, but who are your yeah who are your biggest cheerleaders? Yeah, you know? um, definitely my you know my family uh, and my my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fortunate, like I said, I, I grew up in this town, and I have a lot of friends that even if they still don't live here in Maryville, they're they're tied you know this is home for them whether their parents still live here or whatever and they're my biggest support group first and foremost my wife um, she kind of keeps my head screwed on straight for me mm-hmm. um, make sure that I'm not overthinking things which I, I tend to do from time to time and she's also doing an amazing job helping raise my daughters you know Two little girls. Yeah, two nope. little girls. What are their names? Charlotte is my is my two year old, uh, and Hannah is my four month old. Oh. Yeah. David Rule, and the new restaurants, the Walnut Kitchen. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me.
and I hope that uh, hope that we can treat you to a meal and when we get open and uh, hope that we can treat all kinds of people to a meal. I think we could find a, a way to make that work. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Especially my husband. He he might just stand outside the door and offer to wash dishes in exchange for meats. Well, I'm looking for a good dishwasher. Huh. <laughs> well, he didn't have to... Huh. Well, we'll just keep that quiet. <laughs> Thanks, David. Thank you very much. And you've been listening to David Rule of the soon-to-be-opened Walnut Kitchen. Information and links about all of my guests and this podcast can be found at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just look for the link that says listen to the show. And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. In my years of interviewing people for the Knoxville New Sentinel, Shirley McMurtry is one of the most unique women I've ever featured. The Union County resident would spend each fall collecting, cracking, and canning walnuts. Her process was cyclical, with this year's harvest being removed from its green husk and then stored in a dry area in her basement until the following fall. That's when she would remove them from their shell and can them. She said the nuts always tasted better after curing in the shell for a year. Her basement was set up for the task of cracking with rubber gloves to protect her hands, a hammer, and a narrow gauge railroad railing that she used as a base. Once the meats were removed from the nuts, she would take them upstairs to her kitchen and can them using a dry method of preservation. She explained it like this. Pour the nut meats onto a table and pick over them, removing any crumbs and bits of shell. Place approximately two cups at a time into a large colander. Shake well to remove any remaining bits of shell, but do not wash the nut meats, she would say. Wash and dry the pint jars and never ever use anything larger than pint as the heat from a larger jar could affect the flavor of the nut. Add the nut meats into the jar up to the shoulder. Do not shake to compact the nuts. Cover with a lid and tighten just until snug. Be careful not to over tighten. If the lid is too loose, it won't seal properly. If the lid is too tight, it won't seal properly. Place the jars on a rack in the center of the oven, leaving at least two inches between each jar. Turn the oven on to 250 degrees and bake for one hour. The jars and nuts will sterilize during baking. Remove from the oven and you'll find beads of moisture that have formed on the inside of the jar. Shirley said that's okay. The nuts will absorb the moisture as they cool. Turn the jars upside down Place them in a dark, draft-free place and store until you're ready to use. Walnut candy is one of Shirley's family's favorite dishes, 
and she said she'd been known to make up to 75 pounds during the holiday season. She shared that recipe as well. It calls for six cups of granulated sugar, two cups of evaporated milk, one tablespoon light corn syrup, one-fourth teaspoon soda, one-half cup margarine, one teaspoon vanilla, and two cups of black walnuts coarsely chopped. To begin, place two cups of sugar in a heavy skillet and begin to caramelize. While the sugar is melting, add four cups of sugar, evaporated milk, and syrup in a saucepan and bring to a boil. Pour the caramelized sugar into the saucepan and stir constantly. Cook, stirring frequently, until the temperature is 245 degrees. That's a firm ball stage. Remove from heat and immediately add soda to the mixture and stir vigorously as it foams. Add margarine and stir only until melted. Then let the mixture cool for 20 minutes. After the mixture is cool, add vanilla and beat until thick and creamy. Add the chopped black walnuts and pour into a 9 by 13 inch pan. Store in an airtight container. Shirley said this yields approximately 4 pounds of candy. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today at the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here next week at 9 or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting, just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at Tennessee Farmtable. Dot com and check out our podcast on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, or on iTunes. Or just search for Tennessee Farm Table. A big list of all of our shows will appear. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.